Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, in honor of the Super Bowl being held in Las Vegas, our multiverse question today what if Las Vegas had never gotten into pro mm. sports franchises? This is really, really new. We're talking about the WNBA. We're talking about the NFL, of course. Uh, soon, Major League Baseball is going to be here, and we expect that the NBA will be not far behind it. But this all happens, Perloff, because of a few court cases that loosened up regulate, well, that allowed sports gambling and sports betting outside of a few select states. So here we are. Sports betting has infiltrated uh, in DraftKings and FanDuel and MGM. They've infiltrated our business unlike anything we've seen. What do you think would it would be like if Vegas never opened themselves up to pro sports teams? So the Raiders, of course, were leaving, wanted to leave Oakland. Yep. And they were playing the shell game with multiple cities. Yep. So there was San Antonio. There was sharing it uh, San Francisco, Santa Clara. There was Los Angeles. And there was Las Vegas. So to me... I think the most likely one would be San Antonio. So you'd have the San Antonio Raider, Raiders, and I think that would be super cool. They'd be <laughs> like the Cowboy. I, I don't know. I, I'd be into that. Another that, Texas team is never a bad thing. I, that would be, my guess, the most likely scenario, because I think they would have left Oakland and gone somewhere else, uh, but nothing too radical. Because San Antonio's been flirting with the team for a long time. Yeah, listen, as you're here, and we're here for this event, I know people, you've gotten used to the Raiders and stuff, but it is obvious that Vegas is starting to become one of the epicenters for professional right. sports. They want this, and they're being very aggressive. I think had the the rules around sports gambling never changed, the laws rather, I, I think you're looking at more international cities. I think the NFL, all they want in this world is to go and play football in every large country that we have on every continent. They've got the U.S. But, right? yeah, it's but saturated they, here. But they're not expanding past 32, though. So do you think here the real question is, do you think the Raiders or Mark Davis would have gone internationally? I don't think so. I, I mean, do you don't think if Shad Khan had the ability to put the Jaguars in London full time, he would have done it five years ago? Absolutely. But Shad Khan is not Mark Davis. I don't think Mark <laughs> Davis was going overseas. And we're talking specifically if they hadn't let the Raiders move here. I could never see a franchise, you know, a cornerstone franchise like that leaving the country. So th still, I don't think that you're ex I understand your yeah. international expansion. I don't think it was going to happen because they need to expand. They need a 33rd team and they don't want to do that. I know. I don't understand why. By I don't the way, either. Because <laughs> you, get, you make you. <laughs> so much money by expanding. I think the likely city it would have been for the Raiders outside of San Antonio is you go to Mexico City. And I know no. that there's been issues with Azteca Stadium, but there's issues with MetLife Stadium when it comes to 
to the turf. These are things, if you really invest the money, I think you can change. I think there's a huge Raider fan base in Mexico, and I it's it, the time change is not bad because there there is none. Like it's it lines up with all of the you know with our U.S. time zones. I think it would have been obvious. Now we're talking about the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. What ifs and what could have been in sports? What if what if the NFL never came to Las Vegas with the Raiders? I really don't think it'd be Mexico. I, I think first of all, I can't picture Mark Davis taking that kind of radical. Well, let's step. take Mark Davis out. No, but you can't. I, I know, mean, this but is the, ra- the, the NFL can put their influence on teams. I think you're ignoring the Raiders this part of this. Uh, I, I think the Raiders were ripe for the picking for Vegas and. I just think you're going to need a real visionary franchise to move to Mexico City because it's not that simple. I think you're going to need somebody who's going to make a radical. I don't see Mexico City happening. I really don't. I think it's far away. I think the altitude's high. I just think it's not Toronto, which is right next to Buffalo. I I just think it's too much, and it's going to take— I know, but pro off London is is way worse because of the time change and the distance travel. I'll bet uh, show bet. I'll bet you London gets one before Mexico. No, I, I'm gonna agree with you because the breadcrumbs are already been laid, like the track's been laid for that train to well, leave the station. But I still think that's gonna be a uh, either a concession the NFL is gonna have to make to the players of something they want to, you know, for guys to agree to play home games, all their home games overseas. I think actually a more likely scenario if the Raiders hadn't come here, yeah, then this would be the first place that would get an expansion team. Right. Definitely. I, I yeah. definitely think. I think Vegas, you know, we're doing this multiverse. I think Vegas was like Thanos. He was in, it was inevitable. Mm. So I, I, I do not, but Mexico City, and I know I keep coming back to Mark Davis, like the Raiders have such a foothold everywhere, and I know they're popular in Mexico City. I just don't see a team like that. So I think that's a ways off. Uh, you know, Vegas, we went to a Golden Knights game. The, yeah. The audience is here. I forgot to did I say the NHL. They won the Stanley Cup. We were in that stadium States. on opening night. Yeah. I mean, it's gorgeous. So they're, they're doing it right. I can't even I can't even wrap my head around this because it feels like Vegas is so established. Okay, so Roger Goodell was asked about a team's moving to Las Vegas at his press conference on Monday. Here's what he said. I think Las Vegas has also done an extraordinary job with this city, with the ability to host these big events, the ability to uh, attract people here for a lot more than what people used to. People used to say this was just a gambling town. This is an entertainment town. Yeah, he's right about that. Yep. And, you know, Roger Goodell was also asked, like, you know, for years, and we're old enough to all remember, for years the NFL was no, no, no on Vegas and no on, yep. you know, expanded sports gambling. They didn't yep. think they'd be able to, you know, they didn't want the integrity integrity of the game to ever be questioned. Um, and now Goodell's like, well, the Supreme Court ruled, so yeah. we decided to get in bed with DraftKings and FanDuel. Like, yeah. There was a time not long ago, remember, where they – wouldn't allow Tony Romo yep. to host a fantasy football event in Las Vegas. It created That's like a six big years story. Ago. I know. I, not even that long ago. Yeah. It, it's amazing. Uh, have you seen the numbers on what they expect betting uh, to be on the Super Bowl? It is, I mean, it, it hit big time. Sports gambling is ubiquitous now. And I know people were doing it illegally before, but the new access, for better or worse, is just made. I, I saw the handle is going to be up like 200% from last year, and it's crazy. So the funny part about this, we talk about the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. We do this every week at Thursday at this time, the what-ifs and what-could-have-beens for sports. And we're talking about the integrity of the game. They always thought, the yep. NFL always thought, the integrity of the game would be compromised if you allow betting to get out of hand. Meanwhile, the betting is crazy right now. I mean, it's massive. There are guardrails in place, right? Because they there's an idea you put it out in the open. It's you know no longer this like backroom underground type of stuff. You don't get Tim Donaghy, you know the rogue referee. But 
we talk about the script <laughs> all the time. I know. We talk about yeah. the referees. We talk about which calls and this and that. The betting is huge. The conspiracy theories are bigger. It's done nothing to really tamper down that conversation about the integrity of the game. We're all still watching. We all yeah. still think it's on the level. But we joke about the script and the NFL plays into it. There's a lot of people out there who really think the Chiefs are here because of Taylor Swift, or mm. at least partly. I think they've survived it so far. I don't think there's real serious talk by serious people that this is fixed. I, I know what you're saying. Listen, I'm not blind to it. I, I don't think that I, – I think they're lucky they have not caught a player betting against his own team, as far as I know. Betting, but, though, for sure, just betting not against for sure. I know, team. but that's – to me, that's a gigantic – and the, those betting – those are silly. So Calvin Ridley did a bunch of parlays. No, who was it who was just betting $500,000? Who just got caught was recently? Was that college or pro? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, Keishon Booty. Yeah, right, yeah. Keishon Booty, was, yes. Yeah, a lot of that was college. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. If we do real multiverse here, if they weren't catching these players, that means Calvin Ridley would have been traded to the Eagles instead of suspended. Oh, then the Eagles would not have gotten AJ Brown. So it oh. actually worked out for the Eagles because they had that deal done. Yeah, it is amazing that now that it's all above board, they can actually catch players more. So it is. There is an argument to be made that it's a cleaner thing because you can regulate. You can see what everybody's doing. EJ, you had a thought on this. Again, multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. What ifs, what could have beens? We do it every week at this time. We're talking about what if Las Vegas had never gotten pro sports teams. I mean, I know Perloff makes a great point about perhaps Mark Davis was going to find a way to get out of that terrible stadium in Oakland and leave uh, Oakland behind. But I think there's a chance that Oakland actually ends up keeping Mm. their team at least a lot longer than they did. It felt like once Vegas just was such a perfect Mm. fit for the Raiders, for what Mark Davis was looking for. I think it would have been a tougher sell to sell San Antonio or sell Mexico City. I think the fact that, you know, it was almost like how, how could you not leave Oakland for Las Vegas given the situation that they were dealing with. Right. I think Oakland maybe is still a sports town. I don't know if you have the A's being able to leave so easily and so kind of controversially the way they did. I don't. I think the Raiders may still be there or may have been there a lot longer than they did. Uh, I think this kind of depth of what was a great sports town maybe would have been at least postponed, or maybe it's still a lot. Maybe it's still on, on, on life support. I, I really think that perhaps Oakland maybe could have found a way to figure it out. It maybe was a little bit uh, high in the sky right. because I'm, you know, it saddens me that we, we're going to have no Oakland sports teams. And just like six years ago, we had three. But I, I think that that really is what, uh, what would have happened potentially. Wait, let me ask you a question. If they had stayed in Oakland and this Vegas was sitting here, do you think there's another team that would have – jumped is there anybody that's close to moving um well i mean the st louis rams are the last one to and the chargers and the chargers oh yeah the chargers. yeah i was, I, I was thinking the chargers yeah, yeah it was the chargers deal to go to la okay done. but here's the thing about the chargers remember a lot of that was about the stadium yeah. not to get in the nitty-gritty but the chargers weren't they couldn't get a stadium built in san diego same same with the raiders no i know but the raiders made it happen i don't know where the chargers are gonna be able to get the funding and all of the oh yeah i, I mean i guess they would have but there are tenants now in sofi yes. stadium i know you know they don't have a great stadium situation no what about i what what about a small market team i hate to even bring this up don't but say the, buffalo I'm well they are billy a new stadium with my tax money <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you're allowed to go to a board you game. know the pagulas do you think that they wouldn't have seen this opening and at least consider it i've always wondered if they buffalo w- has flirted with other cities they with toronto was in the mix listen I, I, that was a different owner but yeah i i i mean no one's ever safe and honestly i mean buffalo las vegas 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> What's yeah. the difference between those two <laughs> cities? Hmm. I, you know, a couple uh, the Panthers jumped to mind because David Tepper and Carolina has always seemed like an yeah. odd fit. Yeah, but that's to me. I, I know this is silly. That franchise still feels kind of new to me. Yeah, <laughs> me too. They're, they're they, not. Had, they had a game with uh, seven thousand fans this year. Uh, they were in the building yep. against Atlanta. Uh, I was. Yeah, you have to like um, they they uh, black out the whole top of the stadium. Yeah, I mean that is football country though, Charlotte. They should be able to support a team, but it would have been interesting. Those it, I mean, the I team think won th one game this year, two. two Can games. we all agree though that Vegas feels like it was going to get a team at some point? Yeah, and you know we're talking about the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff, the what ifs and what could have beens in sports. We do that uh, do this every week at this time, and today because we're here in Las Vegas, what if Vegas never got a pro sports team? Uh, and the NFL is obviously <laughs> leading the charge. This baseball thing is going to be wild. Oh, They're yeah. building it right up against the strip. It's well, like hopefully. Blue Man Group, Carrot Top, <laughs> Oakland A's, or sorry, Vegas A's. Well, it's not done yet. I have to actually see a pitch in that stadium to believe that, <laughs> that the A's are going to get Are you going to hit a home run onto Las Vegas Boulevard? Wait, can I actually go, go one step back for sure. an unbelievable multiverse? What if the Bills had moved to Vegas and won a Super Bowl and Maggie would not have had her Buffalo Bills win? I know. I've, I've thought of this many times. Yeah. <laughs> I already have a contingent. Contingency plan for if the Bills ever leave Buffalo. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm still going to root for them. Oh, I've put in this amount no. of time. Yes, I've put in this amount of time. I have put 40 years into rooting for the Bills. Because they move cities, now I'm going to abandon a, them? There's a, a single Rams fan in St. Louis or a Chargers fan in San Diego. You have to rip that band-aid. So question, though. I, I don't want to find a new team. I don't want someone else to be said to celebrate something that I've put my blood, sweat, and tears into. But, man, you grew up in Binghamton, and yeah. I'm not as familiar with Western New York, upstate New York. How close is that to Buffalo? About six hours yeah but oh no you can you can still root for them yeah uh, upstate new york yeah. is huge yeah no that is that is too far a distance to say that that is your yeah. city and, and your the city hold on wait now i gotta double check but it i'm was not, like more like five maybe. but even still like to me if it was anything more than three i know yeah, you're good i'm sorry it's four no you're good <laughs> I'm but you're so you found them because of uncle wayne famously yes, my uncle and wayne. if he abandons them then you have to abandon them and i'm sorry my uncle wayne's never gonna abandon them well, if they leave Buffalo, Buffalo will abandon them because I saw the Rams fans. They hate Stan Kroenke and they hate the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, I Rams. get it. And they have every reason to. I just I've worked this out in my in my brain and I just I don't want to I don't want to leave them. But by the way, they're building a new stadium in Buffalo. Yeah, I they're in. You're fine. I mean, and I Toronto would have been the real. That, and that's barely even a move. I, and I didn't like that because <laughs> it was funny at the time. I'm like, why would you go in a dome? You know, the yeah. weather is the big, you know, differentiator. They're, they're and now I would give my right arm for them to play in a dome. They're very close, right? Toronto and Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. That's an, an hour or yeah. two hours. So Just right over the That, that would have made sense. I, mean, I, don't, I have a brother who uh, is a New Orleans, he was a Charlotte Hornets fan. Who then became a New York, who then became a New Orleans Hornets fan, who then became a New Orleans Pelicans fan. Oh my And God. did not go back to the Charlotte Hornets. I, I've been in sports media for a long time. I cannot wrap my head around what happened to the Bobcats. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> and then they the just, Bobcats were in there somewhere. He never went back vanished. to the Bobcats either. <laughs> well, yeah, what, what city were they in? I don't even remember. They were Charlotte. They were Charlotte. They were Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte. Uh, okay, well, that was the multiverse of Maggie and Perloff. What ifs, what could have beens? What if Las Vegas never got a pro sports team? How would things be different? Coming up next, WWE World Heavyweight Champion and diehard Bears fan, Seth Rollins will be here on our set. He's in the middle of all of the WWE, Rock, uh, Cody Rhodes, crazy drama. Also weighs in on the bombshell lawsuit against Vince McMahon and gets very candid about that. Seth Rollins is next. Don't move. Maggie Perloff, CBS Sports Radio.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. I think this should become a yearly thing here. Seth Rollins, WWE World Heavyweight Champion stopping by the set as we are at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center in Las Vegas counting down to Super Bowl 58. Seth, thanks for joining us. Yeah, we're back, baby. I love it. Okay, so first things first, you're a massive sports fan. Mm. You're from Iowa, and Mm. you're a Hawkeyes fan. Yes. Okay, how do you feel about Brock Purdy, Mr. Iowa State Cyclones, now getting all this attention? I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I'm proud of him. You know, he, he still played in the state. You know, he, yeah, there's a rivalry, Hawks and Cyclones, all that. But at the end of the day, once we move on, we're still proud of him. You know what I mean? We want him to do well. So you cheering for Kittle, though? So I'm rooting for all the Iowa guys to do well. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you guys know I'm a Bears fan, so yeah. I don't I don't got a dog in this race. I got a horse in this race. I'm hoping for a great game, uh, and I'd love to see Kittle do well. I'm, I'm excited for him. You're in town. There's a big WrestleMania uh, press conference that's mm. happening. Lots mm. going on with WWE, and we'll get to all of that. But you're a Bears fan. Mm. This is going to be the story of the offseason, yeah. you realize, yeah, yeah. about what they're going to do with the number one overall pick. If you're the GM, Seth Rollins, WWE heavyweight champion, do you trade the pick or do you select Caleb Williams from USC? Oh, my goodness. What I would love to do right now is plead the fifth. Oh, no. <laughs> see, it's it. so hard. No, it's so hard. Look, my gut tells me, and this is just my gut, my gut tells me to keep Justin Fields. That's oh, what wow. my yeah, that's what my gut tells me. Look, I think Caleb is super talented. I'm not sold on the hype. Mm. Look, if you can pull a CJ Stroud out of the draft, great. But when that doesn't happen. So I feel like the forward momentum is good with Justin. We're in a great position to add around him and to continue to build next season. Like I feel like we're a division contender next season. I mean, we had Detroit's number both games this season. We blew the first one, but the second one came through in the clutch. And, and I think Minnesota, you know, we don't know what they're going to do. Uh, Green Bay, obviously fantastic. God, disgusted that they've got <laughs> another great quarterback. But at the end of the day, I feel like we're going to be in the mix, especially for a wild card position. I feel like if you draft a quarterback, number one, uh, he's coming into his rookie season. And rookies don't – they're not all C.J. Strouds. They're just not. So are we going to take another step back to hope that we take two steps forward in the future? I don't know. So I feel like my gut tells me keep Justin yep. – build around him, and make a push next season and the year after and hopefully for the future. Dude, are you Mel Kuyper? That, yeah, that was a pretty good. comprehensive breakdown, man. You should be I've been thinking about this. <laughs> I'm was... a Bears fan, man. I've been thinking about this <laughs> for weeks. 
Seth Rollins is joining us. He's the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Bought all these, his belt, of course. All these other cool belts here for the Chiefs <laughs> and for the 49ers. Awesome, awesome stuff. You got WrestleMania coming up in April. I mean, Lincoln Financial Field. And Ooh, I'm yeah, glad you're yeah. here because we have to talk about this. Um, there was a show bet. Uh, it doesn't matter what the bet was now. It's long ago. <laughs> but now it's got to get paid off. Okay. And that's me and our producer, EJ, who lost to Perloff, fair and square. And now we have to wear old school, high school wrestling singlets oh. to WrestleMania. Wow. And sit in the crowd no matter what the weather is in Philly. Wow. Now, That's incredible. I don't even know if I have a question here. Uh, can you help us get out of this? Uh, is, there a, is there a ladder you can throw at Perloff or some kind of chair you can bust over his head? <laughs> what, I, what I will say is uh, maybe encouraging for you, you're not going to be out of place. <laughs> You're not going to be no. out of place. You're going to fit right in because there's so many wackos out there that are coming to WrestleMania, and they're going to be dressed in crazier stuff than singlets. Yeah. So no one's even going to think twice about you guys in singlets. And, and I think you guys would look great in singlets. I think you're going to be fantastic. So I think this is great. I'll be at WrestleMania, obviously, World Heavyweight Champion, and and I can't wait to see what you what, what this looks like. This is going to be beautiful. Do you think it's a big stadium? You think you'll notice them out there? Because I don't. We don't want to distract you. Oh no! Of, of course, you. I won't notice. Of course yeah. not. You guys will blend right in. Yeah. Absolutely. With That's, these physiques. I the, mean, the, the, my only concern. Well, not only one, but I have a few <laughs> concerns. But one of them is this is going to be cold, probably. We thought of that. Yeah, it's 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 you know early April. Like wow. it's not it's not. I mean, you never know. It could be nice and warm, but chances are not. Sorry, Philly. Seth. Only the NFL controls the weather. I, I don't yeah. know. WWE is powerful, but I don't know if they're well, NFL weather controlling stuff. I'm an Eagles fan, and I know that a lot of the fans will not be feeling the weather That's by the first <laughs> quarter. That's how we get through years of Eagles struggling. Ah, so, touche, yeah. So I think ah. that's how these guys are going to get in the single. Yeah, the uh, second half of the season must have been brutal for you. Well, let's move on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Celebrity Bears fans, yeah. Seth Rollins, WWE World Heavyweight Champion here on our set. Just talking ball. I mean, you mentioned WrestleMania. We're going to be there with the singlets and paying off this bed. We're trying to find a way to get Pearl off a double down or something for him to get into a singlet. We're working. We got a couple weeks to figure it out. Yeah. But the question is, who are you going to be fighting at WrestleMania? Because this is the big topic. If you follow yeah. wrestling, it's been really dramatic, including a heel turn for The Rock that no one saw coming when he basically upstaged Cody Rhodes or tried to. Well, that, that maybe not no one saw it coming. I think some of us with the right mind might have seen this thing coming. <laughs> Pardon me. But um, look, here, the deal is, I don't know, to answer your question, I don't know. I, I've, I've tossed the ball to Cody. I said, look, the World Heavyweight Championship is a bigger deal than the WWE Championship. I'm the guy you should be fighting, regardless of, of what you think about Roman Reigns and finishing your story. He's devalued that championship so much so much and we've built this one up so much that this is the one you want to go for you want to be the best man come after the best and i'm the best so um i, I hope that he makes that decision i don't know he's told roman reigns you know not right now I, I think that lends in my favor but who knows and if it's not cody rhodes monday night raw is stacked with talent jay uso Sami Zayn, drew mcintyre shinsuke nakamura uh, the entire judgment day i could go on and on and on there's a lot of people just chomping at the bit to get a crack at my world heavyweight championship I am excited to be able to take this into WrestleMania, and it doesn't matter who's across the ring from me. I'm going to defend it. I'm walking out of Mania World Heavyweight Champion. The crowd chanting, Rocky sucks. Mm. I mean, we haven't seen that in a long, long time. The Rock's been incredibly popular. Yeah. 
Does he win the crowd back? Is he now just heel? What's going on? Dude, I don't know. I was in the ring for the Rocky I know Sucks you were. chance. You saw, if you saw on social or you watched the show, you saw my reaction. That was as legitimate as it comes. I was not prepared. I was prepared maybe for a little We Want Cody. Didn't know if they were going to boo The Rock. The Rocky Sucks ones. Whoa. It's a throwback. Pew. That hit me, man. <laughs> that was, I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. You know, he's a, he's a brand expert. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he'll figure it out one way or another. And I don't know how this is going to sit with him. I don't know if he's just on a level where uh, it, it doesn't matter to him. He's just going to do what he does. Or, you know, is it easy to take this to heart? Is this going to, uh, you know, he's a passionate guy. Whatever he gets involved in, it's because he's got passion for it. I assume him getting back involved with WWE has a lot to do with his passion for this. So that negative reaction it, it might fester years ago. Now, you mentioned years ago when they did this to him, right? right? When they chanted the Rocky sucks, they went a little further. There was some the die, Rocky, die chance. Oh, God. Yeah, it was crazy back in the day. But uh, they were they were Rocky sucks and he took it and ran with it. And it's part of what made him who he is today. So who knows? Who knows? I'm excited. WrestleMania season is upon us. So many possibilities. And The Rock is back, and it's all good. Yeah. It's all and good. You've had those epic matches with Cody Rhodes. I mean, Seth, we've been following you for such yeah. a long time, and we've been fans. April 6th, April 7th in Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, last one for you. Another controversy in WWE, obviously, out of the ring with Vince McMahon, the bombshell lawsuit. Can you imagine what is life like in the WWE without Vince McMahon, with him really out of the picture? Do things change for the talent at all? You know what? Day to day for us, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't. It's, you know, we're so far removed as talent from that stuff. Like, it, it, it's awful. It's terrible. I, I hate it. It's a disgusting situation. Uh, but we're so far removed from it. You know, like, when we, when we get to work, it's just like, how do we make the show the best possible show we can? Who are we out there with? What's this promo going to be? What's this match going to be? And how do we entertain the fans, right? Like that, Because that's really what our job is. That, that stuff, like, that's personal stuff. That's business stuff. And that's so far above where we're thinking, where our brains are at. I mean, nothing we're going to say or do is making, you know what I mean? We're not going to do anything that's going to impact any of that. It's an awful situation. We're focused on what we do day to day. And, you know, it just be like in any other, any sort of other business structure, right? You just... It's, it's awful, and you feel terrible, and you wish you could have you know seen it or done something, this and that. But at the end of the day, your job is your job, and that's what we do. We show up, and we try to give the people who pay the tickets to come in the best possible show we can. That's, that's kind of our department. All right. Yeah. Seth Rollins, WWE Heavyweight Champion, April 6th, April 7th, WrestleMania. You're the man. Bears fan, good luck. I, I mean, we need it. We need. I we need I it wish all. you luck because you know I don't gonna, I don't want you to pass on Caleb Williams and he becomes the next Patrick Mahomes. I'm not kidding. We're going to say to Mel Kiper in April. So Seth Rollins <laughs> thinks they should keep Justin Fields. Because your analysis was dude, that good, dude. I hope that I'm right. I, I I've been wrong many many times, <laughs> and I'll all. be wrong many many times again. But we need we need it, man. We need some love. We need some good stuff yeah. in the city of Chicago. I I would love to see a Bears team doing well. It's good for the NFL. Yep, Seth. Appreciate it. Thank you. Best of luck at WrestleMania. Thank you, guys. Andrew Bogish is standing by with headlines. Hey, Bogish, good morning. Hey, guys. Good to see you one more time. Uh, Tara Vanderveer, Mike Krzyzewski, now Gino Ariema. They're the only three Division One coaches with 1,200 career wins. The UConn boss joined the group with last night's 67-34 route of Seton Hall. He'll pass Coach K with three more wins, but Vanderveer's still winning games at Stanford. Gino not counting wins anyway. When it's over, it's over. And whatever the number is at that time, that's what the numbers are going to be. And if it's a lot, it's a lot. If it's 
where it is right now, still a lot. So I could probably say with a great deal of certainty that um, um, I'll never be number one. Hmm. Gino <laughs> got to 1,200 the fastest, six seasons ahead of Vanderveer. He's also the only one to get all 1,200 with one program. Okay, I wasn't sure where we were going with yeah. that clip, and now I'm thinking, is he foreshadowing that he's going to retire soon? Um, My guess is just that because he's behind her, but it's only like six or seven wins. Yeah, that's nothing. That he thinks, I think a combination of her not being done and maybe him being closer to done than we knew. Or that we know? Well, it strikes me that he's never happy. No matter <laughs> what, how much success sure. he has. Yes. Yes. You know, yeah. No, that's maybe, his thing. Maybe it's like Saban and Belichick. Maybe yeah. that fuels his greatness. It doesn't seem like he's satisfied. No, I also am thinking, is Gino Ariema a retirement tour guy? Is he Coach K farewell tour? Or does he, like Nick Saban, just sort of drop the mic with, with people not expecting it? He seems one of these guys. What's he going to do if he's not coaching? I don't know. I'm just wondering, yeah. college coaches, well, do you get the farewell tour or not? I mean, the only person yeah. in America who foresaw that Nick Saban was going to retire was moi. Ah, oh, that's how he got here. <laughs> only person in America? Humble brag. Just me. No, but, uh, but, yeah, so Coach K, though, I think went poorly. Everyone was kind of making fun of that. I don't think well, anyone watched. Coach K, though. Yeah, I understand, but there were, I thought that was a little too much. I'll be honest, though. We, we, had, we played a clip a couple weeks ago. Remember, he railed on the transfer portal and NIL. Yeah. You know, and... I wonder if this is him foreshadowing. I may take a challenge going to the NBA. Oh. Wait, who? Gino? NBA or Gino? W yeah. WNBA? Yeah. Uh, or both. Yeah, it could be either, honestly. But I, I, when I heard this, I, I went just now. Like, I didn't hear it before. But I was like, this kind of makes sense what he said two weeks ago when he just completely was like, you like you can't build relationships anymore. You can't build programs anymore. And, right. like, he's kind of getting passed up when it comes to building programs in college basketball. I mean, what they have down in South Carolina. Um, of course, we've seen the Caitlin Clark phenomenon. Uh, LSU. Wait, do yeah. you think that it, that Gino Ariema would get an NBA job before Jay Wright? I don't. I don't think Jay Wright. Uh, Jay Wright. I don't know if he. I think he's at offers. Yeah, I don't know if he wants one. Um, or would take one, or would be in the if, NBA if, before if, Jay Wright would. I don't. I'd probably not. But uh, I'll say this: if G, if if Jay Wright was kind of wishy washy, and I think Gino would. I think he would leave next year. Gino, I, I really think so. I Gino's sixty nine. I think his NBA chances, which probably I, I believe is reported, were close at certain yeah. points. That's not happening now. No NBA is taking a first time NBA coach at seventy. NBA owners do weird things. They do weird. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, okay. we were just talking about the uh, yeah. Hornets. You don't, you, might, you, don't, you put anything past them. You might take Hubie Brown at seventy, but he's been coaching <laughs> NBA for forty years. You're not taking a guy first time. Hey, hey, rookie, welcome to the. What league. about Hubie at ninety? Can yeah. I offer you Hubie yeah, at ninety? Oh, still so sharp. Razor's edge. What else we got, folks? Thirty-four-year-old uh, Elena Deladon expected to take time off from the WNBA, maybe skip the entire upcoming season. She is eligible if she wants to play for a one-year supermax deal with the Washington Mystics, and still would be if she doesn't play this summer. Man, I, what what's a WNBA supermax? Uh, I'll it's, look it up. That's a newer thing for them. It's okay. still obviously yeah. not anywhere it's near a seventy-five dollars Starbucks card. I, aw, I was gonna <laughs> just to point out again the inequality. Yeah, I think it's six figures, not seven. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's in the hundred. The super max is two hundred thirty-four thousand dollars. Well, Angela Don's such an interesting figure because in college, remember she was at I believe UConn and she yep. just and she left. left. Played, yeah. played volleyball and then came back to be yep. um, a basketball player. Here you ever again, just being like, oh, I'm a just Delaware. Wait, yeah. I don't oh, want to. Joe 
Flacco. I don't want to open a can of worms here, but do you think WNBA and NBA players should get the same amount? No, I do not. <laughs> I do not. Because but it's I just 45 no, million a year compared to 234. I get it, but it's $200,000 versus $200 million. It's not a small difference. And no, no, no. I, I right. believe that the NBA players should get paid more, of course. Right. I mean, if they did pay. It's a longer season, much, they make more money. I get I it. I assume the league would have to fold if you were to pay no you could they couldn't afford it we're not there yet i mean i but think it's I, okay for a 20 year what is it 25 years with the WNBA? Yeah. if that 25 yeah, 20, year old league year this year. that's still growing that's expanding the tv ratings are going up i mean does everyone want some you know would we like more quality in terms of travel and mm. you know services like um taking care of your bodies and stuff that athletes get accommodations housing but i understand the salaries are what? not going to be equal I wonder if it'll tra- because I think women's college basketball has made a radical move oh, yeah. up. Uh, I wonder if that'll translate to the WBA. Women's college softball is also and women's volleyball. Those those three sports in college are on fire right now. But for some reason, WNBA uh, because it's in the summer. Still growing I, though. I think that's it, a it li- is honestly. I think their season is a bit of a problem. And if they get really popular, I think they have to move off the summer. I, I don't know how you guys feel. I know a lot of time we're locked in football, but the WNBA playoffs about the last few years has been red been hot bigger much yep. for, for yeah. them. You know, like like big numbers, sellout crowds. That Liberty Aces uh, was, finals was pretty big. It know? was sold I know out we were in New York, but it was sold out in both places. But I bet the college final was twenty times. Oh well, that. yeah. I mean, but I actually like the summer, and I think the NBA will actually like start dipping more into the summer because you don't, you know. Oh God, I hate that the NBA goes so late. Oh um, no, it has to go later. I, I think they either want to start around Christmas and start later or something because there's too much of the NBA that competes with the NFL. I, I if I were totally them. Well, I'd rather shorten the season. You guys don't get sick They're of the never NBA by July. Season. I mean, it's the end of June. I think that's a huge problem for the NBA. Nah, I mean, I'd rather compete with baseball than the NFL. And to me, I think basketball is, I think a lot of people think of it as a summer sport. A lot of people play a lot in the summer. I think it makes sense to be playing playoff games in July. Like, uh, totally. Uh, mm. Bogus what else, sir? Maybe the Clippers, speaking of the NBA, should have stayed on the road. Six and one on their Grammy road trip. They go home. They lose to the Pelicans last night. CJ left angle. Pop a three. Yes! Good! You do you, Todd Graffanini, Pels Radio, New Orleans, a 117-106 win in L.A., ending the Clippers' four-game win streak. CJ McCollum scoring 13 of his 25 in the fourth Kristaps Porzingis led six Celtics in double figures with 31 and a 125-117 home win over the Hawks. And the Spurs lost in Miami 116-104 despite 18 points and 13 boards from Victor Webinyama. The NBA trade deadline is 3 Eastern today. And this, not really surprising, Nick Saban is joining ESPN post-retirement. He'll appear on College Game Day. He'll help with the network's NFL draft coverage and SEC Media Days coverage as well. Most people thought some form of this was coming once Nick stopped coaching, and now here it is. Yeah, and I guess this probably means Lee Corso might be officially – I mean, they're not going to make an announcement about that, but maybe he officially sort of moves into, you know, sort of off to the sunset. I'd say 80 feet behind us is Pat McAfee's set, and he's arriving later today. We could ask him. (laughs) Yeah, let's stake it out. (laughs) Go through five, ten security guards. Get close to him. Bogish, thank you so much. So much more to do here on Maggie and Perloff Show live from – the Mandalay Bay Convention Center in Las Vegas. We've got Hall of Famers coming up. We've got one NFL player who has the most unique hobby we've ever seen. Ever. But coming up, how much Taylor Swift is there going to be 
during the CBS broadcast of the Super Bowl? We get the answer to that next. Do not move. More Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. We are here at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center, and it is our pleasure to welcome in an award-winning sports broadcaster, one of our absolute favorites. James Brown is here, CBS NFL Today. You brought with you Miss Christina Huntsman, who's the director and executive vice president of the Huntsman Foundation, which is dedicated to mental health and substance abuse issues. Phenomenal cause. We're going to talk about all of it. I mean, James, how are you here? Don't you have a pregame show to be preparing for? The question on everyone's mind, how are you going to handle Taylor Swift? How much Tay-Tay are we getting in your four-hour lead-up to the big game? So as both of you know all too well, I follow the lead of the director, whatever we see on the screen, or the producer. And I know there's some degree of pushback on that, but here are the facts. She moves the needle, not mm -hmm. just in terms of what she does as a major pop star. She's got daddy-daughter combinations yep. that are tuned in that accounted for some 55 million who watched the AFC Championship game um, over there in Baltimore recently, Baltimore and Kansas City. Um, prior to that, it was 50 million in the previous playoff game. Look, she gets it done. And many folks, the young folks who are at the set now, don't call them Travis Kelsey. That's yep. Taylor's boyfriend oh, who's gosh. playing football. So, yeah, My it's real. granddaughters were watching <laughs> yeah. all to get a brief view of Taylor. So. Absolutely. I mean, mm -hmm. you've done uh, 30 years of Super Bowls or more. Do you remember a non-football story that has hovered over a Super Bowl like this? I've tried to think of one. You know what? And, and I've been blessed to cover a number of sports. I remember we did the uh, Super Bowl in New Orleans. San Francisco and Baltimore, and when the lights went out, you know, I was just hoping that it wasn't terrorist related. Yeah. So that was a pretty big story about that, and I was I put my news hat on then. Okay. I was thinking about Reggie White, God bless him, when he was in search of his Super Bowl trophy, and he finally got it with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Nothing compares to the Swift impact. <laughs> Make no mistake about yeah. it. Okay, James Brown joining <clears throat> us, of course, CBS Sports NFL Today. Miss Christina Huntsman is the director and executive vice president of the Huntsman Foundation. We get into all that. Uh, mental health, substance abuse, you've dedicated your life to this. Why? Yes. You know what? We watched our father dedicate a lot of his life to finding a cure for cancer and mm. building the Huntsman Cancer Institute. Um, our generation, we are focusing on mental health and substance use disorder. I lost my sister over 15 years mm. ago to a drug overdose. She was my best friend. We were 17 months apart, mom of eight kids. And you think, that doesn't happen in families like ours. But when she died, we didn't put it on her obituary. Mm. We were not ready to share that story. But we are ready now. Our our family has given a gift of $150 million to partner with the University of Utah, which is a leading researcher, medical institution. So we will have, you know, we have the Huntsman Mental Health Institute on the campus there. Um, we're breaking ground for a research building. We want cutting edge research on what is going on in our brains. This is behind every door in America, mm. mental health and substance use. And as we've watched our family deal with cancer, when you go into the Huntsman Cancer Center, you are greeted with love and dignity and beauty, and we want that same thing. We are, we are opening a 24-7 non-refusal 
center for people to go for mental health issues. We want people to be treated with love and dignity and especially with substance abuse. You know, that hits close to home for me. I remember checking my sister into detox mm. at night in the back doors and it's dark and there's so much self-stigma that mm. she had on herself, but you're afraid to even ask for help because of that stigma. Stigma is the, the number one reason that people do not get help. And so it's breaking down those barriers and letting people know that there is hope, there is recovery. There are things out there to get people the help that they need. Yeah, I mean, I, I turned my life around in 2005 with that very uh, same thing. And now I have a daughters who are 13 and 11. We used to text about, we're worried about this. Fentanyl has become a topic right. with everybody. I, there are a lot of parents who are afraid uh, that, you know, things are not getting better overall. Right. I think there's more of a need now than ever. Very. I'm a mom of seven kids, yeah. 13 grandkids. And, you know, you have to have those hard conversations because you don't know what's going, anything can happen on any given yeah. night. And so yeah. thank you for sharing your story. And yeah. no our kidding. family is just honored to be partnering with JB and he is lending his voice to a very important cause. And so we, we want people to know that you are not the only one. This is normal and this is okay. We don't know what's going on behind our brains. And sometimes, I mean, I look at my sister, she's just numbing the pain that she's in, probably from an undiagnosed mental health condition. So let's get people help on the front end. We have 988 out there. That is a resource. You can get help immediately. NAMI is in every single state and they have resources that you can, you know, that are available 24-7. And if I could just co-tail off of what Miss Christina just said. Andrew, can I just say thank you for being very honest and open about it? Because people who listen to the two of you and see you guys as stars they'd like to be, like so many young people, but so many young people who aren't feeling emboldened to be able to speak to these issues, and we need to be able to direct them properly. I've been very selective in the cause-related spaces that I've been in, including domestic violence, including speaking out uh, in terms of all forms of social injustice, including anti-Semitism and the like. This, I'm extremely pleased because of the personal stories that I've heard and her family having been involved in this for over 30 years, the role model that her father was. And for you to talk about it, and I don't have the permission from one of my family members yet to talk about it because I, I knew about it some 40, 50 years ago when a significant family member took her life as a result of that. But I had to get permission from the family member directly responsible to that, but it touches all of us. So thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, if you want to see real world miracles, recovery is where you, you yeah. actually see miracles. Mm. Yeah. And if people want to go feel uplifted, go to a recovery meeting, go to an AA meeting and lend your voice to those people to say, you are here for one more day. Yep. And sometimes you go hour by hour. So thank you. Yeah. You guys are phenomenal. Thank you so much. Thank James you. Brown, of course, Miss Christina Huntsman, again, Director, Executive Vice President of the Huntsman Foundation, and James Brown, award-winning broadcaster. Okay, last thing. Are you going to be thinking about how many people are watching you? You've done this uh, before. But more fans with Taylor Swift now. It's going to be the biggest <laughs> audience you've ever your had. Your Swifty audience is going to be there. Do you ever allow yourself to envision how many millions of people are watching you at any given moment? Thankfully, before I got into the business, I recognized that will be focusing on the wrong thing mm. in terms of what my responsibility is. My high school coach who had a tremendous impact on me, building on what my parents established as a floor foundation of excellence in the family, focus on the main thing. My high school coach used to say there's no such thing as new fundamentals. 
fundamentals mm. are tried and true. Master those, internalize those. If I think about the audience, I'm heading down a slippery slope and I won't be doing my job well. And I'll never forget, quick story to make that point yeah. too, Meg. Um, I was working my first NCAA basketball championship game. I was a sideline reporter, and I prepared my 45-second report <laughs> tightly to be able to deliver. Brent Musburger was our lead play-by-play uh, uh, um, -play and uh, host at that time. Two minutes before we go on air, the consummate journalist that he was coming from the newspaper background, he said, JB, I just found out a significant story that relates to this game here. Here's the story. Fashion that into a 45-second um, oh, story. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is my first time doing that. <laughs> but I focused on the fundamentals again and delivered it. So this is a fun a profession that we're all in, but I want to make sure that I'm well-prepared and have my co-hosts be the stars. Does that make sense? Yeah, are you going to do a dad joke <laughs> with a Taylor Swift lyric? Are you going to say, can uh, Brock Purdy shake it off? Or is there any, any <laughs> song yeah, lyric? Hey, I, I happen to have a 25-year-old writer, oh. Sammy Smith, who keeps me relevant and <laughs> hip, because there ain't nothing hip and relevant about me, but he <laughs> no, makes it happen. Right. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. James <laughs> Brown, Miss Christina Huntsman, thank you so oh, much. Thank you so much okay, for your thank time. You. More Maggie and Perloff yeah. in just moments. All right. Mount Rushmore, NFL studio hosts. I got it. Oh, James boy. Brown, Brett Musburger, Bob Costas. Costas did NBC for a long time. Who's the fourth? We know we got buddies, uh, Kirk Menefee, Rich Eisen, who are great, but they're not. They're that's like they're not ready for Mount Rushmore. Wait, they're are we just the, doing CBS? No, no, no. no or no, you're no. just saying studio. All, just, all, yeah. all time. Of all time. Like, I mean, Chris Berman. Yes. Yeah, did he, but did he do the same thing as James Brown? Well, that's a pregame show, but Chris Berman was doing a studio show, which was NFL primetime. That's my childhood. He also, he also did do uh, Sunday NFL Countdown. Yeah, yeah, Did yeah, he yeah. in NFL yeah. Countdown? Yeah. So then, yeah. He I, think, I think Berman for sure right, is on right. mine. Saw Brett Musburger walking around yesterday, Radio Row. This is his the town. man. <laughs> this is and his town. He is town. still the man. <laughs> Coming up. Hall of Famer Rod Woodson. What went wrong for the Ravens in the AFC Championship game? And what does this mean for the Chiefs in Super Bowl 58 as they go up against the 49ers? Also, some Pittsburgh Steelers talk with the great Rod Woodson next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.